Morning, Mitch. Hey, Terry. How are you? I'm fine and thank you. Uh, fine and dandy, thank you. I'm fine and thank you, dandy. <laughs> it's a typical Monday. Have you been out for your walk yet? Not Mondays. Mondays is okay. hard because yeah, uh, it is. Well, this because the show yeah. <laughs> it sort yeah. of grabs it. But I <laughs> might go. I might go after. We had a good walk. Actually, did two good walks yesterday. So yeah, it's, fun. it's uh what else have we got? We have to walk. Yeah, yeah. I love your posts on social media, and uh, they always make me feel guilty for not walking on the days where I don't walk. And uh, today it's a shaky day, so uh, careful out there today. Weather-wise, got a little to... wet. we got a little wet yesterday afternoon, yeah. but it was yeah. fun. It was fun. <laughs> um, okay, listen, let's start with uh, Facebook because uh, I, I must admit I haven't been following the story closely. I know how much scrutiny Mark Zuckerberg has been under uh, since he formed the company, but even so since the Trump administration took office, uh, he's been under a lot of fire. And uh, it's my understanding now that some companies are going to move away from Facebook is uh, this just posturing, or is this a big deal? This is the the, uh, the multi-billion-dollar question, I guess, and the timing seems very curious to me, who tends to lean more towards the cynical and is this really all we think it is? Basically, in the past couple of weeks, there have been some major, major brands from Unilever and Coca-Cola to the North Face and beyond that have stopped or paused all advertising on Facebook. I should note, in the United States of America. And part of it is uh, what is designated as this idea of what we call brand safety in the marketing business, which is that if I'm, let's say, the North Face and I have my ad running next to a piece of content that might, let's say, incite hate speech, it doesn't reflect well on my brand. It's not well money well spent. It's not putting my brand in the best light possible. As you can imagine, when you magnify that outside of a general mass media, you know, news, uh, radio, print, TV, into Facebook where all of us are publishing and sharing whatever we want, it becomes quite difficult to manage if you are a brand or a media company that is selling the advertising space. And so this has been basically an affront to Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, Shel Sandberg to say, clean up your act, figure out what is real, what is not real, what is hate, what is not. We don't want to put our money onto a platform and have our brands be in a place where all this vitriol is being spewed. Now, cynical Mitch goes, it's a curious time. We're in a time where everybody's locked down and using these platforms more than ever. Yes, the U.S. is running into a presidential election cycle, a pretty big one. But at the same time, these are brands right now that are letting go of people that have to cut budgets. In business, the first thing to go is usually the advertising or marketing budget. And the timing seems a little curious to me. I'm not saying that this that Facebook is great. I'm not saying that all brands have this sudden purpose and value that, that they want to. I'm not saying either of that. It's just interesting timing. Why now? Why not six months ago? Why not last year? Why not three years ago as Facebook was ramping up in the billions and billions of dollars that they have in advertising? Um, So you think it could be just a shot across the bow? I think there's a lot of PR happening here. And I also do look at Facebook and I tend to empathize. I don't know how when you have this many billions of people online, how you 
promise anybody that what is said is going to be right. right. You know, is it people are saying, well, get AI, get artificial intelligence to do the job. It, you just don't snap your fingers and that works. Yeah. They had thousands of people moderating content. And as you can imagine, there's some pretty awful stuff that people put online. This group of people was known to have high levels of stress, PTSD. Uh, you had to leave for, for a mental health break. I, I think this is a bigger problem. And, and lastly, and you and I have talked about this a lot, I don't know what my level of comfort is in having a public corporation that is profit-driven decide what should be free speech, what shouldn't be, yeah. what should be right, what shouldn't. I would rather see that come through government legislation. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I mean, that is that, that, that question there is one of the stickiest, trickiest uh, questions to come along in years. I, you know, obviously the, some of the stuff that, you know, I don't see it in my feed because I try and manage my feed, but some of the stuff you read about that appears or I've seen on social media is, is horrific and ugly and some of it not truthful, but you know, do you let governments handle that? Is Facebook supposed to handle that? I don't know, but I, I get if you're, you know, you're a big company like Unilever, you know, or Coca-Cola, and you're you're trying to sell, you know, laundry detergent, there's some stuff that you don't want to be associated with. But it seems to me that you see that anyways, even if we look at the more what we'll call traditional mass media. I mean, if you're choosing a CNN or a Fox News, you are choosing to have your brand yeah. within realms that has been more editorialized versus news yeah. facts, as, as yeah. we, you and I grew up in that era. Yeah. So I also look at it and go, well, where, where might you be safe? It seems to me, especially in the United States, because of how polarized it is, that wherever you put an ad, you're almost immediately knocking out 50% of the population. Yeah. Um, okay, um, speaking of uh, my Facebook feed, um, I've fallen down what I like to call the YouTube rabbit hole, but now there's something called doom scrolling? Yeah, th there's nothing. I just love the name of this. This came out last week in Wired. <laughs> and crazy. the idea of doom scrolling is just when you're checking your phone for that extra couple of hours every night, and it, the apocalypse isn't stopping. So what happens is you wind up seeing all this stuff. And look, whether you have a very thick skin or very thin skin, I happen to have a very thin skin, it still gets through. Our skin is porous. And what they're saying is, is that as you're scrolling at nighttime, it really could be eroding your mental health just because of how much is going on from social justice to COVID-19 to on and on and on to work and what's happening and unemployment. And so the idea here is that to be a little bit more mindful of yourself, understand that they're calling it doom scrolling for a reason. Most of the time when you scroll, it is very uh, often not happy or good news. Uh, there's actually a tweet in this article from Anarchist Alice and it said every marriage has one person who doom scrolls and reads headlines out loud pre-coffee and another person who is begging them to stop. <laughs> and I thought that that really summed yeah. up the sort of challenges we have now as we sort of flick through these news feeds, whether it's Facebook or Instagram. Don't doom scroll before bed. It's not good for your sleep. It probably gotcha. isn't good for your dream cycle either. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, and Apple, my phone is going to get smaller, is it? Well, smaller, I don't know sizes yet. So okay. Apple had their big uh, developer conference last week, which is usually where we see the software stuff. So we can expect 
the new iPhone is probably going to happen sometime in September when they usually do. Uh, the iPhone, I guess it'll be the 12 that's coming out. But what they do with this one is they announce the iOS, which is the operating system, the software on it. And they launched iOS 14. And I think it's got some really interesting changes. It's nothing dramatic like you're going to turn on your phone and not recognize it. But what I would say is that if you look at your phone now, it's very two-dimensional. Like you have your apps and the stuff that you swipe up and down. And it seems now like they're going three-dimensional with, with, I would call them layers. It's almost like you could have a little widget at the top where you can choose the size that has the weather. But if you just scroll up in the widget, it will move to maps or your appointments. And you can sort of scroll up and down left or right within almost like the icon that you have on the phone. You can choose the sizes. You can resize them. It's going to be more intelligent. It'll know, let's say, in the morning to show you weather and as it moves towards work time to change it to the map. So it's really starting to understand not just your behavior, but where to place things. You can hide things easier. So it looks like it's sort of building it into a much more sort of instead of swiping up and down across, you can almost like swipe within it. And, uh, you know, that's one of the many changes. Don't get me wrong. There's tons of very cool uh, applications that are happening. But I really feel like when I was looking at the overview of all the new functionality coming to iOS 14, that this could be a major thing. There's an app library. There's a thing called App Clips where you can access, let's say, just your profile in Instagram instead of going into Instagram and then clicking on the profile. So they're really unlocking a lot of opportunities to, to make things quicker and, and more organized. What's your app of the week? Well, I, I don't know about you, but I've been using my voice a lot more to dictate into my phone. I, I tend yeah. to use it a lot. And as I do it, yeah. I sometimes notice that Siri or other applications will almost like stop in the middle and then I have to type. Well, it turns out that there is this very cool app called Dictanote, D-I-C-T-A-N-O-T-E. It is not a free app. It's about 20 bucks if you look for it online. We'll leave a link in the show notes. But it is apparently one of the best dictation apps. So you could even do long-form stuff for work, emails, and otherwise with it. And uh, people are just ranting and raving about it. I have yet to grab it because I've just not been in the position to need it. But right now, it looks like uh, people are, are hot and heavy about Dictanote. Love it because I don't type anymore. I just talk into my phone now. <laughs> no, I think you would love this one. Yeah, like I was actually yeah. reading it. The reason I, I brought up it and I don't have it is because I thought you would really love it. That yeah. This one seems to be almost bulletproof and really understanding your voice and the intonation. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out because when I use my phone, it doesn't always understand what I'm saying. Like you know, when I, when I want to do a post and I say Umidex, it types human decks. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It just, it doesn't understand some of the words and it doesn't matter how, how clearly you speak into it. It, it just, some of the, I guess the program just doesn't get it. So I'm going to check this out. Dictanote. Uh, yeah. Terrific. Uh, Mitch, thank you very much and uh, enjoy the week. We'll talk a week from today. I look forward to it, Terry. Have a great week, everyone. Okay. You too, pal. Thanks. Thank Mitch, you. Mitch Joel is with us every Monday morning to talk social media and tech.